Hey everyone, welcome to the DC podcast. This podcast is here to help support your relationship with food, exercise and body. I'm Dee Cronin, your host, nutritionist, personal trainer and the owner of DC. I'll be answering client questions and discussing helpful topics, both solo and with various guests. If you are ready for support with our coaching or you'd like to join small group personal training, details are in the show notes. Listen, enjoy, share, and if you would like to hear more, make sure you hit that follow button. Without further ado, here is the episode. Hey everybody, welcome to episode, this is episode seven of the DC podcast, and I know what you're thinking not another person talking about aspartame but it's everywhere now both the unfounded media headlines and the posts on social media but here's the thing it's the most asked question on check-ins this week so if you're a client you'll already know this but for those of you who are not or are not yet every week when clients fill in their reflection questions uh, for the week and make a plan for the week ahead There is one that asked them if they have any questions or topics that they would like me to cover on the podcast. And you've guessed it, Aspartame was repeatedly asked. So here we are. Because with all the conflicting information, the crazy headlines and me having told you many times in the past that artificial sweeteners are safe to consume, including Aspartame, naturally enough, you have questions. I will never get sick of explaining or answering these questions. I'll never get sick of explaining it in different ways so that you understand. But honestly, now, when I have to address things like this, false claims that put the the fear of God into people for absolutely no reason, it bugs me. Now, of course, that's not your fault. I completely understand why these questions have come up and I have no problem answering them. But it's also the ridiculousness of it all and the fact that you were scared about this in the first place. That's what bugs me. Things you need to know from the get-go because nobody needs more confusion. And then I'll explain a little bit further on as well. Aspartame does not cause cancer. Not at the doses we consume. We do not have the evidence to support this. When something increases or decreases your risk, there is a difference between absolute risk and relative risk. So, for example, a headline can say X increases your risk of cancer by 50 percent, but that 50 percent increase could be from one in 10 people to two in 10 people. So that is a 50 percent increase. But one sounds way scarier than the other. And guess which one gets used in the headline? It's not that there isn't an increased risk. There, There is. But whether that's actually relevant to the individual is another question. And then you have to ask at what dose? So how much do I have to consume to make this a possible risk? Relative risk reductions give a percentage reduction in one group compared to the other group. These can be misleading and often it's over-exaggerated just how helpful something might be or unhelpful. Absolute risk reductions give an actual difference in risk between one group and another. Now, this isn't a trick, but understanding what that that means makes all the difference and why the headline can sound much scarier than actual reality. Statements without context tell us absolutely nothing. Anything can be harmful to you in certain doses or amounts, 
Water is a common example. Too much water can be lethal. Does that mean that we should stop drinking water because you could die? No, because water is also essential for health and life. Without it, we also die. So what do we do instead? We consider the dose. Moderation just isn't as catchy a headline. Now, granted, aspartame isn't essential for health, but if you enjoy artificially sweetened foods and beverage, then there's no need to cut them out. A couple of caveats for you, and I have a few more examples later on as well. Some people don't do well on artificial sweeteners. Like anything else, if you eat something that upsets your stomach and you don't feel well after it, then that might be a reason not to have it. We are also continuing to learn about gut health and who knows what new information will come out in the future. But again, that's the case with literally everything. So if the dose is important, I hear you asking, how much is too much? Absolutely fair question, but to fully explain that, I need to first talk about why aspartame even made the headlines in the first place. Here's what happened. The IARC, the International Agency for Research on Cancer, which is a sub-body of the World Health Organization, is considering putting aspartame in a category as a class 2B carcinogen, which of course got picked up by the media and certain people on social media. Hence the headlines. Now, I know that sounds scary, but as we said, context matters. The IARC has different categories, class one, class 2A, 2B, class three. And there is actually a class four as well, but there's only ever been one thing put in class four, as I learned during the week. And this is where there is absolutely, definitely no cancer risk at all. And the thing is, the thing that's actually in that category is a material found in yoga pants, but that is literally all I know about it. It's important to mention that the role of the IARC is not to tell us how risky something is, but to evaluate the strength of evidence and then categorize it. Class one is where there is strong evidence. So there is a casual, a causal relationship between one thing and developing cancer. So, for example, smoking is in category is in this category. Class 2A is probably carcinogenic, but insufficient or limited evidence. Examples of this are consumption of red meat and night shift work. There's obviously other things there, too. Class 2B is where aspartame will potentially be listed. This is possibly carcinogenic, but have very limited limited evidence or not really any sufficient evidence at all. For the people telling everyone aspartame will cause cancer, then you're also going to have to start telling people that aloe vera, using your smartphone and pickled vegetables cause cancer too, because they're also in this category. Now, just to be very, very clear, I am not telling you that these things cause cancer. The last one is class three, and this is not classifiable to be a carcinogenic to humans, like drinking coffee, paracetamol, and again, other things in that category. The reality is there is no evidence that aspartame causes cancer, despite decades of research. And more than that, there is no evidence that aspartame poses a risk to human health at the levels that we consume it. So again, this only tells us about the strength of evidence we have. If you look at the scale, 
you'll see at the bottom with a big hazard sign, you can actually Google this or I can pop it in the show notes. This classification does not indicate the level of risk associated with exposure to any of these things in the categories. It's also worth mentioning two things can be in the same category and pose uh, and not pose the same risk. They have the same strength of evidence for risk, but not the same risk. So, for example, both smoking and obesity are both class one carcinogens, but smoking is far more dangerous than obesity in relation to cancer risk. Now, all of this controversy around uh, aspartame started because of a new study on aspartame and cancer risk. We will know more about that on July 14th. So how much aspartame would you need to consume in order to reach possible risk? Have you ever heard the expression, the devil is in the dose? That's what I'm talking about here. Putting aspartame in a class 2B category means that it's possibly carcinogenic, but have very limited evidence or not really any sufficient evidence at all. If we were to look at that possible risk, here's the context that we, we need with the dose. In order to reach this possible risk, a 60 kg person would have to drink between 12 and 36 cans of that beverage every day. So let's say Diet Coke, for example. The reason it's a range is because there could be different amounts of aspartame in the product and also the person could be a different weight. If you were to weigh more than 60 kg, then those numbers change, they go up. And if, for example, you were to drink um, that amount as a 60 kg person, we're still only at possible risk. Of course, there are artificial sweeteners in other foods as well. You see the calorie-free food products. Sauces became a big one for a while. Maybe they still are for some of you, actually. There are some individual scenarios that I want to mention. If a person is in a larger body and has a fat loss goal for health and they consume a lot of regular fizzy drinks, full sugar, calorie version, then swapping these for artificially sweetened zero calorie versions is likely to be helpful advice. I may recommend reducing artificially sweetened products for particular individuals if they consume large amounts or it's negatively impacting them and their health. If you find yourself going for high quantities of calorie-free diet products or zero version of sauces, then I would ask yourself why. Because as a coach, what I'd be more worried about than your risk of cancer is your relationship to food and why you feel the need to always choose these products over other ones. Obsessing over healthy food isn't healthy either. There are plenty of more scenarios here too. There's there is nuance for absolutely everything. The big overarching point here, though, is that anything in excess can be bad for you. Think the water example. Based on the evidence that we currently have, the majority of you do not need to be worried about consuming artificial sweeteners unless you are consuming them in very high levels. And again, for context, the FDA recommends a daily limit of 50 milligrams per kg of body weight of aspartame each day. That translate, translates to an upper limit of 19 cans of Diet Coke per day. But again, based on the evidence we have, aspartame is safe to consume. If you are a person that enjoys foods that contain aspartame, you can continue to have them. There is a place for everything in moderation. 
But again, that's just not as catchy a headline. The last thing I'll say, guys, is I know it can be extremely uh, difficult to figure out who is telling you the truth and providing you with solid and good information. And in general, I would say that the media is not a great source of information. I realise the irony in what I'm about to say as well, but generally podcasts aren't either. But what I mean by that is that depending on the host and the podcast itself. So is if the host is speaking on something, are they qualified to speak on it? If they bring on a guest, is the guest qualified to speak on it? If the podcast itself, is it a nutrition podcast or is it not? And it just brought on a guest that isn't necessarily qualified to speak on it. I would recommend that you approach everything with a critical ear and question it and do the same with me. Don't assume that I'm just telling you the truth. Ask questions and understand why, because then when these kind of headlines and statements are said, you're able to you're able to understand why what they're saying isn't true. But again, I appreciate that that's quite difficult. If you have any questions on this podcast or I've confused you in any way because I know some of it can get heavy, always reach out. I will always get back to you. And other than that, guys, have an absolutely lovely day and I will see you on the next episode. I hope this has been helpful for you.